In life's journey, we must seek to reflect, learn, and grow. Welcome to the Road to Rediscovery with your host, Aubrey Johnson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Road to Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson. The Road to Rediscovery is about reflecting on life lessons to learn and grow from them, and of course, pay it forward and uplift others who are struggling through dark times. Now, I don't want to speak for my special guest, but I believe he would agree that the moments in our lives that appear dire can become moments in our lives that inspire. He's a survivor of sexual assault, addiction, and co-disorders. He's endured tremendous traumas, and in his own reflection, he's discovered an unfocused but very critical area of the recovery process that's incredibly important for trauma survivors. He is the founder of Coherently Aware Now Incorporated, a nonprofit committed to the long-term healing of trauma survivors within environments that nurture compassion, love, and self-worth. Let's welcome Eric Harazi to the show. Hi, Eric. Man, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you here. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, man. Well, hey, let's just go ahead and dive in it. Um, at first, I want to talk about your journey, okay? And um, just just, just the, the different barriers and obstacles and, and, and things you had to navigate through in, in your journey. And then we want to talk about the inspiration behind that journey, um, for the great work that you're doing today, right? So uh, can, can you share with the listeners, you know, just where, where are you from and, and what was life for Eric growing up? You know, uh, well, I originally grew up in Jersey, uh, mm -hmm. South Jersey by Philly, and my childhood uh, wasn't the best. Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't the worst, but it wasn't the best. Uh, gotcha. I, grew, I grew up uh, with... with in, in, a, in a complete family. My father died when I was 14 years old. He died mm. two years old uh, of, of cancer. Mm. He, he was an abusive father. Uh, and so our, our household wasn't that safe. Mm. Uh, my, my mother was, was codependent on that, on that relationship. It wasn't, it wasn't, the whole household wasn't a safe place for me mm. or, and for my sister and, and for my mother at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so it, the ch my childhood was very hard. Uh, later on, after my father died, uh, I, my, my, I didn't talk to my mother for about seven years. We got into an argument. So, so at around six, 17, we stopped talking. So I was kind of left without any parents mm -hmm. and, uh, and thank God for my grandparents who stepped in and, and kind of took that role to, to guide me as much as they could. Mm -hmm. So uh, early on in my life, I, I, was, I, was, I, was, I had trauma, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it start, I, and I believe it starts very, most, most adults who, who suffer trauma at a, at a later stage in their life usually also start at a younger age mm -hmm. uh, and, and it just keeps going. It keeps building on. That's, that, that's how I, I see it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so in, in my twenties, um, I was, I was very lost. I would say um, I, uh, I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't grasp what love was, I couldn't grasp what trust was. Mm -hmm. I couldn't grasp what a lot of things were. And uh, it was very hard for me. I was overweight. I was about 350 pounds uh, in my life. Um, in, oh. in my, in my, as a child, I was heavy. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was always made fun of. Um, and then in my late 20s, I had gastric bypass. And I lost a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. Okay. And being a gay man in, 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 in that community and being overweight is very hard. It's a very hard thing. Mm -hmm. uh, you're not fully accepted in that. Sexually, you're not fully accepted. And, gotcha. um, and so it's, it's, 
you're you're always you're always the the gay funny friend usually um so uh you're you're usually put into that category especially in in the in the the late 90s early 2000s it was just very hard it was just very hard to it wasn't the community wasn't as open as it is now I and so after i lost my weight um you can see how the tides changed and people were looking at me differently right. and i was i was being i was i was i was just i was just accepted more mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which which is also i think another trauma because your mind doesn't know how to adjust to that right. And, right. and and it can really mess with you and so so in my early 30s um, I, my background is theater and, uh, and I was doing, um, summer stock up in Massachusetts and I was going to meet someone who, uh, we were, go- we were just going to hook up an older gentleman. And, uh, now let me give you a backstory. I never really did drugs. I smoked a little weed in my life right. in high school, nothing crazy. I got drunk two or three times in my life. Nothing crazy. My father, my father was a drinker, so I never really got that. Was never really my scene. Right, and right. Um, and I went to his house, and and he had he had meth there, and I, and he was like, "Let's just smoke some." I was like, "You know something? I never really do anything crazy. Why not? Let's do this." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let Let's do this. You know, mm-hmm. let's live a little. Yeah. You know, he he was into me. I, I I it was a whole new world for me now. This was a whole new world for me. Um, and, and he got me so high that uh, he forced IV meth into me. And then, oh he, and then he sexually assaulted me. Uh, and then had uh, a friend waiting for me. And then they took me into uh, a basement and kept me there for about eight hours and uh, kept me high for that whole time. And I was sexually assaulted throughout that time. Oh so, so that was my that was my original sexual assault that happened. My first trauma that really happened. And, and, but at that time I didn't realize that 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 was a sexual assault. You know, I thought I was just having a good old time. And because I was high, I was, people were into me and Mm -hmm. I just thought I was just having a good old time. I did not realize that was a sexual assault until maybe five or six years later when I went to a trauma treatment center. And they had, they had to break that down to me that, 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 that everything was premeditated. Mm-hmm. And, and just because, just because my, my, my voice was saying yes, my mind was still in, incapacitated and I, and I was not able to really make my own clear decisions. Mm. So that was sexual assault. That was a rape. Yes. And so, so, so it took me by surprise, actually. It really did take me by surprise. I would and, think so. I mean, you know, how, how could, how do you process something like that? Let's say, it, you know, you, you mentioned kept you in the basement for eight hours on that ninth hour, you know, when, I mean, just the very uh, step-by-step detailing where you hear the walking down the steps on that ninth hour and you think, oh, it's going to be more of the same. And it's, um, you can go, you know? And and, when they they said, when they said, oh, you can leave now, I was like, oh, okay. Like, and then I had to drive back. I mean, I blacked out twice. I blacked sure. out once there and then okay. once back at uh, the the place I was staying at during the summer stock. Okay. And um, and I I just remember like I remember the last person I was with at that place when when I blacked out, mm-hmm. like he felt bad. He felt really bad, and I couldn't understand why he felt bad. Because he knew what was going on. Oh, okay. Yeah. He knew what was happening. Right. Me, I did. And he knew I didn't understand what was happening. Mm. And, and 
and I remember him kind of like um, more caring mm -hmm. than everyone else. And he said, and he was like, we can stop if you want. And I remember him saying that. I remember him saying, we can stop if you want. Right, right. And, and but I was still in my own mind of, no, we're having fun. We're having fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I was like, let's just keep going. And when they told me that I can leave, I was like, oh, I, okay, we're done. That's it. Oh, okay. But, but so when... But when I when I went to the treatment center and they they told me what what, what really happened or what was going on, and I said um, the first thought that came to my mind was, oh, they didn't really like me. Like that's where my mind went was that I wasn't being like no no one liked me. I see. I see. Which, which just showed where my self esteem was. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I, let me ask you this, Eric. Did they know where you came from? In other words, you know, um, were, were these, were these, or was this gentleman, um, did he know you as your quote, former self? Um, what, were you, were you, you know, you were heavy? No, and, these, these were just random people. Okay. All right. So, so they don't, they, they had no idea of knowing that you've had this journey in getting, you know, the surgery and losing the weight and now starting to get looked at. And in your mind, it's opening up a whole new world, like you mentioned. Correct. And, and, and so, and so um, the fact that you haven't had this type of attention um, can really, really, I can see why it was a number of years um, when, you know, you were in the program and, uh, and, and, and it was revealed to you that it was sexual assault. Correct. And, and I'm sure um, I'm the first or the last person. No, he, he not at all. Right. Like I, I'm a hundred percent positive that I'm not the first person that he, that he did this to. Oh, that he did. This. Okay. He, I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 That yeah. He did this to. That okay. He that, he, that he boosted their ego up. Right to do to do this to or or knew that they never they never used drugs before mm -hmm. and did this to because once once you once you get once you um get an iv drug into you mm -hmm. it really becomes part of you you know it doesn't it doesn't really leave you it's it's a it's a whole nother beast mm -hmm. it's like it's a whole nother it's like bloodlust it's like it's this whole mm -hmm. nother this whole other thing. And I became an addict right away. That was my next question. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, was that a springboard to addiction, you know, uh, especially getting a strong hit like that for the very first time ever. And then, you know, after that, that phase goes, right yeah. away, I could not wait for my next, my next hit. I, I, I was looking, I had, I got a job right after that in, uh, in Nashville, mm -hmm. um, and I drove down to Nashville. Um, on my way to Nashville, I won the lottery. Mm, nice. um, I won $40,000 on a scratch off. Wow. Yes, I won $40,000. I'm jealous. <laughs> $40,000 on a scratch off. So now I'm, uh -huh. this, I'm this brand new addict. Mm. With 40 grand. Oh my God. 40 grand in his pocket. And, and, I, the first thing I did was I moved into cast housing for the, for the theater that I worked at. Right. And I had a few days off before we actually, before the, before the actors got there and yeah. everything. And what I do right away, I looked for drugs mm. Mm -hmm. because I was now a newborn addict. It and has and a hold on you. It had a hold. And then that, that was an 11, 12 year addiction. On and off for 11, 12 years, I could not get rid of it. My goodness, yeah, that's that's a long time to be addicted. And my goodness, uh, you you you've you know usually you hear the stories, right? They either people either wind up in jail or dead from overdosed. Um, yeah, and 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 you're still here, and and that's that 
That's absolutely tremendous. Now, Eric, I want to I want to see if we can talk about um, uh, what what was that defining moment where you either you realized or someone told you um, or it was just um, divine intervention or something that 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 made you realize you can't live like this. Um, I overdosed. Okay. Okay. I, I overdosed and, um, I I mean, it, there wasn't like, there wasn't one moment. It was built up of many different moments. I see. That, that had to lead me to that, to that place. Okay. And, And because everyone's like, oh, what was your bottom? What was your bottom? And it, right. It wasn't, it, I, I've, 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 I've been, I've had so many low moments. Mm-hmm. I've had so many good moments, but I had to have a mixture of all those moments mm-hmm. to take me to this, to take me to, to where I am now. If that, that makes, makes, yes, it does. It makes a lot of sense. It really does, Eric. And thank you for your transparency in sharing that with us. Um, you know, and I've and I've 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 shared this with someone else uh, recently, but in years past, I used to ask people, you know, um, uh, if you're, I don't know, if you're 45, and you went back in time to see your 25 year old self, what would you tell your 25 year old self? Or if there's anything you could change or take away from your past, what would it be? And you know, over time, I realized you know, I should just stop asking that question. And the reason why is because it's a combination of the good and the bad things, right? The amazing discoveries, the amazing epiphanies, and of course, the tragedies, the setbacks that, that, that makes us who we are today. So it was, it was, it was your setbacks, your obstacles and barriers in your journey, um, in navigating through addiction, as well as the triumphs. I mean, winning the lottery, you know, and 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 being part of a cast, um, the 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 yin and the yang, if you will, the good and the bad, and and if I may, in the in in the uh, in in the industry of theater, right, mm-hmm. the smiley face and the sad face, and uh, you sure. know, it's it, it's a combination of those things. So uh, I, I really appreciate how how you you verbally illustrated that. If, if we on, if we only had if this world only had tragedy, mm-hmm. we would never know what the good stuff was. Right. You know, we right. have to, so there has to be that balance. Yes, there has to be that balance. We have to know. We have to realize what the you know. We have to realize what the good. We have to recognize what the good stuff is to know what the bad stuff is. Also. Oh yeah, hundred percent. You know, but, I mean, yeah, I also want to make this. I also want to make this clear that during my my journey, um, it was also the mixture of therapy that helped me. Mm-hmm. Um, even when I was using, I was I was still going to therapy. Mm-hmm. I was still. I mean, but I had that luxury. Not many. Not a, not a lot of people don't have that luxury. I had that. I I, I, I had. I it was accessible to me. And I, I was going to therapy and um, when I went to treatment centers, I had very good therapy. Um, it, it, it just, so, so it was a mixture of everything that, that just worked for me. And this was, gotcha. this, so this was for me. It might not be for someone else. This was what worked for me. I understand. I understand. So um, man, you know, You've had a tumultuous and traumatic journey with sexual assault, addiction, and more. Now you're a survivor, but we always understand with survivors of of these sorts of traumas, um, it's not a destination, right? It's something you constantly work on um, day in and day out. And so you've had a time to reflect on your own path, I'm sure. Uh, and, 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 and I'd love to hear about the inspiration um, of, of you being the founder and starting up the nonprofit Coherently Aware Now. And, and, and so uh, in reflecting on your path, Eric, what important element, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> what important element 
did you feel was missing from your recovery? Um, I, I think uh, an important, well, a few things. There, <laughs> there are a few things were missing. I, I think advocacy for, for clients in treatment centers was a huge thing missing. And I, I think um, definitely funding for, for people to, to get into treatment, the mm-hmm. accessibility for therapy uh, is much needed, uh, needs to be more visible for, for people um, and more, uh, um, just more health, the healthcare system in this country is, is not for, uh, for people who need it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> it's, it's not, it's not pro health. Let's just say that. Okay. Okay. Which, which, which blows my mind. Uh, it's not pro healing. It's, it's pro money for themselves. Um, so, so that, you know, I've had insurance. I haven't had insurance. I've been able to get into treatment centers. I have not been able to get in treatment centers. Um, I, I am a verbal, I'm a vocal person myself. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, advocating for myself isn't that hard for me. Uh, there are people who it's not that easy for. Right. Uh, and so, so they, they usually do not, um, thrive as much in treatment centers and, uh, they, they, they don't normally always leave there the best, the best that they should from a treatment center, or they don't normally get what they need to get at a treatment center. Um, so I, I think that is lacking. And mm-hmm. so that was, that was something that that's why when I made this nonprofit, I wanted to make that a very big thing for us. Uh, and so, so those are two major things that, that were missing in treatment centers and regulating treatment centers are also a, a thing that, that's, that's missing. Uh, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, treatment centers can get accredited, but, are, but they're not truly regulated. And so, so we wanna make sure that they are regulated and, 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 and safe for clients. So how would, how would one go about making sure a treatment center is regulated outside of the current model that I guess doesn't, doesn't assess or regulate any existing treatment centers? Is there a regulation model that you, you have to, to build or partner with other um, um, nonprofit groups to, 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 to hold these treatment centers accountable? Um, well, we, we would make our own, we're making our own, uh, gotcha. regulation of okay. like what, what from, from our, um, what, from our own experiences of what needs to be done in treatment centers. Uh, so we'll, be, we will be making our own and, and we'll be going there every week. Well, hopefully every week or every two weeks to gotcha. make sure, to make sure that clients are, are feel safe. Yes. Are getting the correct therapy that that they need. Yes. Uh, that they um, that the food is okay. That the sleeping arrangements are okay. Mm-hmm. That um, you know, for LGBTQIA, that their that their their pronouns are being addressed correctly. You know, right. these these are little things that that people don't think about. That that, but but need to be taken care of. You know, yeah. uh, these are these are things that make people feel okay and feel safe. That's right. And so, and some people, some, some, some clients, like I said, just don't feel comfortable enough to advocate for themselves. So we just want to make sure we want, we, we want to advocate with them, not for them, with them. Right. Cause right. at some cause at some point, uh, people are going to, are going to need to learn how to, how to use their voices. And we want to, we want, we want them to know that they have a voice to use. Yes. And Eric, it sounds like your organization creates a springboard to manifest that empowerment for these individuals. So over time, I'm sure they will be empowered to have their own voice when it comes to, you know, expressing something they feel is wrong or, or, or not right. You know, um, 
man, this is absolutely, <clears throat> excuse me, tremendous, absolutely amazing because there's a level of trust that your organization establishes with these people that goes beyond just the trust for a quote, safe space to handle uh, or treat you for addiction or to treat you for trauma. But it's also the small, I mean, not small things. I've, um, I take that back, not the small things, but it's, it's the details that, um, that, that, like you said, a lot of people don't pay attention to, you know, I mean, the pronouns and I mean, is, is very important just making sure that the environment is a space of, um, of diversity, right. And inclusion. And, and, and so everyone is uh, equally respected, you know, on, on an even plane throughout this environment. And, and that, that trust that you establish, um, I, I think reinforces that safe space uh, in, you know, in your organization. And, and, and I, I think the good thing is, and, or, or the relatable thing is, is that I'm just not, I'm not a person who is just doing an organization just to do an organization, doing organizations because I've been there. I, yes. I, yes. I've, I've, I've been in eight treatment centers mm-hmm. and, and I, I know what, what goes on there. I know what, what, what has worked and what doesn't work. I've been uh, attacked by staff members. I've, 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 I've not been felt, I haven't felt safe in treatment centers. I have, you know, I've felt very safe in treatment centers. I've, I've, I, I, so I know I, I, I'm, I'm a person, I'm a person who is, who is someone who would use this nonprofit, who, 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 if, if I need to reach out, I would, I would call this nonprofit. Makes sense. Makes sense. You have to ask yourself if, if, if I, if I were needing help or treatment or, or assistance, would, would I, would I visit my place? Yes, and that's how, that's how I designed it. I designed it of mm-hmm. everything. I, and, I, and as I designed this, I, I, I kept asking my questions, well, what would I want? Right. What would right. I want? What did I need? What, mm-hmm. what, if, I, if, I, if I had this, what, what did I need when I was in treatment? Yeah. I need someone to care about me. That's what I needed. Right, right. Not that I didn't have people caring about me. I had, I had my family. I had, but, but beyond my family, beyond the therapist, beyond, mm-hmm. beyond, beyond the people who worked at these treatment centers, I needed, I, I needed to know that, that, that there are people who, when, when I, when I was in a, when I was in a, a treatment center, and I could not, and I, that one treatment center where I was attacked in, and and I could not get heads or tails out of anyone. And I had nowhere to turn to. My family couldn't help me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the treatment center was uh, a shit show. Mm-hmm. Um, who I had no one to turn to. I had no one who can help me. Cool. And I looked like like I looked like the crazy person. And right. so so I was like, if I had a if I had someone who who was credible enough, or if I had a place that was credible enough to back me up. That's what I would love. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah. That's that's very important for someone who 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 feels like they're lost and yeah. and 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 feels as if they don't have anyone in their corner. You know. And that's very ironic because when you go to a treatment center, you that's their job to be in your corner, you know, and to have your back. But to go there and not get that. It's like, well, but hell, and it's not, I'm already here. But it's where not, can I go? You know what kills me? It's not that they that they're not like a lot of some of the, some of the staff members are, but they just can't do anything about it because of politics. The, yes, a hundred percent. Okay, a hundred percent, and they yeah. can't do anything about it, or they won't do anything about it because they don't. One, they don't want to lose their job. Two, they can't say anything. Three, you know, like they, they just, the administration is, is shit. And, and, and it's, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry, can I curse? Sorry. No, you're, you're good. You're good. Yeah. No, you're perfectly and, fine. <laughs> and, um, and so, so, so they, they want to have your back, but mm-hmm. they, they can't. And, gotcha. um, and, and so they're kind of stuck and, yeah. um, and, 
which which is still horrible because do do you do you care more about someone's someone's mental health or do you care more about your resume right think about the integrity of the company that you work for that that you're holding back yeah that yeah. you're holding, like do you really want to work there if 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 you have to hold back right like how yeah. great is this place that you're working for yeah yeah that's one of the first thoughts i would have quite honestly wow yeah i mean very poignant very poignant questions um that i think you should ask yourself um and and and, and these people you know i mean i understand you have mouths to feed but there's the in, there's there's your personal integrity right and there's the integrity of the company and if they are not aligned and the company is compromising more or not fixing something that is very apparent that needs to be addressed, then it makes me wonder if the outside world kind of reassesses what they perceive or how they perceive me because I'm associated with this company. You know, I, 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 I can't help but think that, you know, and, and, and so uh, speaking of the difference in these treatment centers and companies, Eric, I have just a couple um, last questions to ask you. Sure. <clears throat> I, I want to talk about um, I want to talk about how treatment centers address trauma. OK, mm -hmm. and, um, and and how coherently aware now addresses trauma. Now, there there's there's, you know, I'm. I, I can't, I don't need to tell you, there's, there's a, so many different types of trauma, physical abuse, abduction, war, near-death experiences, a lot more, right? Yes. So in the healing process for these survivors of these types of traumas, and, and in the healing process and treatment, is it a matter of, uh, quote, different methods for, um, different methods work for different people? Uh, or is it more of a community effort, you know, in, in, in the organization, creating that, quote, safe circle, that safe space? Or is it a combination of both in addressing the trauma? You know, when I, when I the first, I, I, I went to a really great trauma treatment in uh, Ocala, Florida. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, one, of, one, of, one of the first things that, that, we, that we're told uh, well, the, the, you know, he they they would do this family week, and uh, in the beginning of family week, uh, they would start off with saying, "Just so your family can understand, is trauma is trauma is trauma is trauma." Okay. Which means, no matter what trauma, it's trauma. Gotcha. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, I, like, listen, I'm not a therapist. I'm just someone who mm -hmm. who experienced stuff. Right, right, right. Um, and so, so for my tra for my trauma, um, my healing might be different from someone else. Gotcha. Now, um, I, I I've been to trauma with with people who were in war, people who had domestic abuse, people who um, were self harmers, people with yeah. DID. So I, I I I've 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 been in with with all all types of people with different trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but mine was my, my therapy was designed for me, you know, mm -hmm. um, we might've had this, some of the same assignments mm -hmm. that we had to do, but mine might've looked different when I, when I did mine, gotcha. uh, gotcha. compared to someone else. Um, okay. now, now our individual therapy could look totally different than our group therapy. Yes, yes. And I wouldn't know what's going on in their individual therapy. Okay, so it sounds like a combination. Yeah, I mean, so the we, overall process. Yeah, so, and then we, you know, the reason why I named um, our, our, our website www.thesafecircle.org mm -hmm. was it took me a while to come up with that name mm -hmm. uh, because, um, and I'm thinking of, of, of all the times that were that I was in different treatment centers, and and we would sit there in our group sessions, and uh, we would sit in our circle and share our either our stories or our assignments or whatever we would do in our groups in our group group 
early group meetings or whatever. Right. And, and they would say, they would always start off with, um, remember whatever we say in the in 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 our in our circle here stays in our circle. It's safe. Mm-hmm. And that's where I came up with the safecircle.org. Love it. Love it. So, so yeah, so, so, I mean, it's, it's, I, I think trauma therapy can look the same for, for many different types of trauma, but can also look totally different. I know this sounds so, that sounds like I'm avoiding the question, but it's so true though. No, I, I, I don't, I don't feel like you're avoiding the question at all. I don't feel that that answer sounds as if it's avoiding the question to me. Uh, it's spot on. And, 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 and the way you described it, um, kind of turn that light bulb on inside of my head. Um, you know, it can look the same for everyone, but it can also be different. And trauma is just that, right? Like you said, trauma is trauma is trauma is trauma. Whether it's war, whether it's childhood abuse, physical abuse, abduction, <clears throat> it's all trauma. And so um, since we're all different as people, the common denominator is trauma, it can look the same for multiple people, but it can be totally different as well. And then you, you, you so eloquently talked about the individual therapy and treatment as, uh, as, as well as the, the group therapy. And, and, and that, that turned on that, that light bulb as well, Eric. So I really appreciate you, uh, and, appreciate and, you sharing that. And also my, uh, my healing could also take a lot quicker than someone else. Like, I know someone who was in a treatment center for about 14 months where I was only in there for about 60 days. You know, so it, 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 so it, it could, healing is so personal to, to, to each individual. Yes. Yes. It, it's such an, a personal thing that, that I, 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 there's no, there's no exact formula to it. Right. Right. Yeah. That, that, that's what makes it personal, right? It's not a cookie cutter. It's not a template. Yeah. There's no exact formula to it. Um, There might, there might be certain things that therapists do to help, Mm -hmm. to help guide it, Mm -hmm. but there's no exact formula to it. Understood. Understood. So I want to ask you about the name coherently aware now. So um, what what kind of what kind of resonated with me when I when I heard the name of your nonprofit? Those two words right there, coherently aware, and the reason why it um, you know it kind of um, perked my ears up is because on the Roads Rediscovery podcast we have something called the four cornerstones to personal growth, and one of those cornerstones is self awareness. And, you know, there's past episodes and workshops and stuff that, that really unpacks what self-awareness is, what it looks like. How do you know when you have it? How do you know when you don't? How can you get it? All this good stuff, right? So, um, so, so we talk about self-awareness a lot. Now, can you explain to the listeners um, with your company, with your organization, the essence and the meaning of being coherently aware the essence and being coherently aware you know you know for a long time and i'm going to talk about with my essence you know i for a long time because i believe that my essence was put into this nonprofit. i i would um i would i i wouldn't have a home for my essence you know, my, my essence would, 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 would float around me and I was just such an empty shell and I, I would have to like reach up every time I needed to use it. And, mm. and I would throw it back into the air when I was done with it. Mm-hmm. And once I started healing and once I started to, to really come into myself and, and, uh, and, 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 and get to my best self, my, 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 my higher self. Right. Uh, and I would, uh, my essence would start finding its home in my body, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's how I knew 
I was really, really healing is when I didn't have to start reaching for my essence anymore. Gotcha. Gotcha. And that's what I think. That's what I think that co- being coherently aware is, is when you don't have to have to reach for your essence anymore. And your essence is now finding your home in your body and, and you're, 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 you're completing that, that, that best self of your, of who you are. I see. I see. Well said, <clears throat> excuse me. Well said, Eric. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Your essence is home. You don't yeah. have to reach for it. And, 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 and that's when, that's when you are becoming coherently aware. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for sharing that uh, with us, Eric. So can you, can you share with the listeners, um, how can you, how can the listeners connect with you and learn more about Coherently Aware now and how can they follow you on social media and those sorts of things? Uh, so they can go to www.thesafecircle.org. Okay. Uh, that's our website. Uh, they can go donate uh, at, on that page also and read up on our website. Uh, Great. My story's on there also. Uh, we have a Facebook page at Coherently Aware Now. Uh, we also have our Instagram page, Coherently underscore Aware underscore Now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can go to my TikTok page, Go Unstuck Yourself, and follow me there. Go Unstuck Yourself TikTok unstuck page. Yourself. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. And we're going to make sure. I'm sorry. Just, go ahead. I'm sorry. Just to let you know that we're not a function, fully functioning uh, nonprofit yet because we just launched uh, in the beginning of the summer. So we're still, okay. uh, in the, in the, uh, raising, well, we'll always be in the raising money phase, but we're still, uh, trying to figure out, uh, and, uh, uh building who we are as a nonprofit and, sure. and, and building our capital to, to become a fully functioning nonprofit. Okay. No, that makes sense. You know, they're still launching in, a, in, 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 a, in some, some aspects, um, and, and thank you for sharing that uh, as well, Eric. We're going to make sure that we have direct links to your social mediums to follow you, to connect with you, as well as the website uh, to learn more about uh, your nonprofit and your story um, on the episode show notes for the listeners to directly click and connect with you as they're listening to this awesome conversation. Eric Karazi, man, I really appreciate your time out of your busy schedule to come here and chat with us, Eric. Oh, I appreciate you having me. This was lovely to be on. I've I've enjoyed talking to you. Oh, likewise. And uh, I enjoy talking with you as well, my my friend. And so um, down the line, if you don't mind, I'd love to stay in touch and maybe six to eight months down down the road, once, you know, uh, your nonprofit gets some traction, you know, then, uh, you know, I'd love to have you back on the show to, uh, to, to catch the listeners up on uh, how, how the nonprofit's going. Definitely, definitely. Maybe Paris Hilton will pick me up or something like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> oh, great. Eric, man, uh, thanks again. And now we're going to go into a segment I call Three for the Road. And in Three for the Road, that's where I ask my guests three random yet thought-provoking questions that I encourage them to answer in five words or less per question. So what do you think, Eric? You think you're up for it? I'm nervous, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, no need to be nervous. And here's the reason why. Because I do not ask cookie cutter template questions for every guest. Okay. I don't ask the same questions to every guest. My questions are customized based on my guest background, um, profession, Uh, knowledge, and their journey, okay? So here we are. Question number one, starting us off for three for the road. And I have to say, these I'm going to give you a precursor. These questions are, the theme of these questions are circles, the shape of circles. Okay. 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 (laughs) I know it may sound silly but i mean it's it's it, it's trying to be in lockstep with um your safe circle okay 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 all right so question number one what can naturally round objects that we see in everyday life such as the moon a tennis ball or a bicycle wheel 
tell us about ourselves. Wait, repeat that again? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Um, What can naturally round objects that we see in our everyday walk of life, right? Like uh, the moon or a tennis ball or a bicycle wheel, what can these naturally round objects, when we look at them and really, really think about their shape, what can they tell us about ourselves? Um, wow. Oh, my God. Um, that's... Wow. Oh my God. I, I'm always bad at these things. Um, <laughs> I'm so bad at these things. Um, that. You're doing fine, man. That you don't know where the, where the start or the end of the line is. Okay. Where, 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 where it starts or where it finishes. I got you. I got you. I know what you're talking about now, Eric. Um, you don't know where the start is or the finish, yeah. um, where the finish is either. And and that's kind of in line with what I was thinking as far as what the shape tells me. Yeah. The shape tells me our journeys can be endless, right? Yeah. Because you see you have a wheel on a vehicle and the wheel turns. Well, it can keep turning and keep going as long as you want on the journey. So uh, that shape can tell us the journey of our lives can be endless, but, but it's, it's the same as what you're saying. No end, no begin, because it's just continuous. All right, man. Great job on that first question, Eric. So question number two, does a person's perspective of the safe circle change in your organization from the day they start to the day they leave. Well, no. Does it does their perspective change on safe circle? I would yes. hope not. I I okay, mean no. uh-huh. You can elaborate on it too. You don't have to, you know, the five I'm, words that you have something I'm, to elaborate. I would, I would I would hope not. I would hope they would I would hope they would they would leave their with, with with well i don't know we haven't we haven't had it there yet well, well 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 that's good i think that's actually good and 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 this is the part that i was unsure of right because i think this question you can look at it two ways right um the first way is like you're saying no i would hope it wouldn't change because we're working so hard to make this a safe circle you know and then the second part which i kind of gravitated to when I was writing this question down earlier is, you know, how, how safe and secure does this person feel so early in the process in your treatment center? You know, they're, 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 they're having an open mind. They're, 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 you know, they're going to, they're going to work the process, work the system. And, you know, they, they, they're a little apprehensive, but, you know, they're told this is a safe circle. So their initial perspective as they begin the process, may not be as um, it, it, they're engaged, but but not as comfortable because they're still trying to feel their way through. Whereas when they leave the process, uh, you're hundred percent on that. You're hundred percent. Okay. Because when I when I went to treatment, mm-hmm. I I was so untrusting of people, and by the time I left, my whole demeanor of those people who helped me changed. Gotcha. So, so yes, you're a hundred percent on that. So gotcha. yeah, I, I think their, their outlook on what the, what the safe circle is would change. You're you're hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, no, that, that's, that's fantastic. I mean, it, plus me, I'm a hopeless optimist. I always like hope for the best, <laughs> but, um, but, but, and thank you for sharing your experience of, yeah. you know, your level of trust going in versus how it really elevated going out. So, all right, Eric. Topping us off for question number three for three for the road. It's kind of a fun question. I like this one. 
Name a circle-shaped food that would be good to eat within a circle of friends. Oh, pizza. No doubt pizza. about it. Pizza. There I'm, we go. I'm, that was the easy one. <laughs> I'm, I'm a pizza fan. That's just, uh, yeah. uh, that's right away. No hey. doubt about it. A, a pizza is my go-to, Eric. It, it is, and and some people say I'm a pizza snob. No, Me I too. just know what I like. You know, listen, I grew up in Jersey. Uh, yep. yep. Um, <laughs> and now we live in Florida, so it's hard to get that good pizza. So yeah, no, I bet. Yeah, I I, I lived in Cincinnati for many years growing up, and uh, there were certain pizza places I loved there. Six years ago, uh, moved down here to North Texas. And yeah, while they have great Mexican food and they have great barbecue, you can't find a good pizza joint hardly anywhere. <laughs> yeah, that was the easiest question out of all. <laughs> oh, that's great. No, and, and, and one last thing I just want to say about this, which I'm sure you've already observed um, being a pizza fan such as myself. Um, isn't it interesting how a, uh, a circular shaped meal gets into a square box and the slices are cut in triangles. A lot of geometry going on there. You know? But also like a good Sicilian. So don't get me wrong. Oh, okay. Then yeah. Then, then, then that takes the triangles out of the equation. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, I can dig it. Eric, man, <clears throat> thanks again for, for coming on the show, man. It's been so great chatting with you. I've really enjoyed our conversation, man. Yeah, me too. All thank right. You, thank you, Oh, no, absolutely. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening. And as a quick reminder, the Rediscover Roadmap Digital course is now available. This course allows you and shows you how to take an introspective approach to your personal development and accountability using the four cornerstones of personal growth. That's self-awareness, humility, gratitude, and service to others. For a free preview and to register, visit roadtorediscovery.com slash course. That's road, the number two, rediscovery.com slash course. And most importantly, everyone, if you have a loved one or a coworker or, or a friend who seems to be at the end of their rope, uh, they seem lost, going through dark days of despair and just, just seem as if they have nowhere to turn. I humbly ask that you please share this show with them because on the road to rediscovery, there are two things we want our listeners to know. Number one, there's always hope. And number two, you're not alone. You're never alone. The road to rediscovery, it's part of a movement, a revolution. And guess what? You are now part of it. We're all roadies on this journey of life. And it sure feels good having you on the road with me. Thanks again for listening. We'll chat again soon. The Road to Rediscovery is an AJ Shark production.